Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. I'm speaking in a a more gentle tone. Uh, in fact, I'm going to turn it up a little bit to keep me lower. Because Hannah is asleep after a big West Coast trip. And I don't want to wake her up. Because she always complains that I talk too loud when I talk on my podcasts. So I'm not trying to be sexy. I'm trying to be considerate. Welcome back, everybody. I'm two coffees in, Saturday morning, 8.02 a.m. Been up for an hour. And we got, we're going to have a fun pod today. It's just me. And I got a a few things I'm going to talk about. I think the main body of today's episode is going to be looking at an article that Connor Pope wrote in the Irish Times about uh, good things that have happened to society as a result of the pandemic. Uh, mostly just some societal and cultural changes uh, and also some technological advances that will see the end of certain things, uh, e.g. money. So I want to talk a bit about that uh, because it's fun to think about that, but it's also fun to be nostalgic about things that we've lost, uh, perhaps that we haven't really registered over the last 20 or 30 years, things that were once uh, everyday part of life that are completely gone. So, and you know me, I love uh, a trip down memory lane, a bit of nostalgia, but uh, a couple of other quick things I want to talk about before that. And right at the start, I would like to remind people that the Mia Mama Tour starts this Thursday in Ratoth, County Meath. Uh, very few tickets left. Uh, check that out. I did a did some promo now, so those tickets should disappear fairly fast. So if you want to go in Ratoth, you have to act now. Uh, otherwise, I'm in... Killarney Friday and Saturday. Friday sold out, but there are tickets left for Saturday. Uh, so if you want to check that out. And then um, the following weekend, I'm in Nace, uh, which both were sold out originally, but now with all the shifting of the pandemic, uh, the first night is sold out. Second night isn't. And there are other dates. I don't have them in front of me, but they're all on desbishop.net forward slash tour dates. The Mia Mama tour is back. And just a reminder that the first half of the show is basically going to be what I would have called, if I was just doing like a post-pandemic show, I probably would have called it Des Bishop Unlocked. Uh, and so essentially, the first half of the show is going to be Des Bishop Unlocked, second half of the show, Mia Mama. So one hour of straight stand-up and then another hour of theatrical stand-up about my mom. So come and check that out, desbishop.net forward slash tour dates. Secondly, thank you so much to everybody who uh, came back to the pod uh, without complaint after such a long hiatus. And thanks for those that left comments uh, on the Apple Podcasts and uh, shared on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much. You know, I, I really, it's my own fault, the lack of continuity that this podcast has had. You know, what is essentially, I think, coming on 
close to six years now, certainly five. Um, and yes, do I have regrets? Because we had so much momentum early on. Uh, really, there wasn't near as many Irish podcasts at that time. And we had, we really did have a, a, a lot of momentum in those early days. So do I have regrets that I didn't keep it up? Of course I do. But that doesn't mean that we can't get momentum back now. And of course, that momentum is on me to do good episodes. But, uh, you know, I do ask the favor of you guys spreading the word that we're back and that it's a fun pod and it's a good option for your podcast listening schedule during the week. So uh, thank you for spreading the word and please keep spreading the word. Uh, and uh, as you know, likes and comments on Apple Podcasts get us up the charts. I don't really know if there's a waning influence of Apple Podcasts. I assume there is, considering Spotify's uh, investing so much money in podcasts, uh, which is causing them some some drama this week, which I'm not going to talk about because we talked about it a bit last week. But um, I I I am not a fan of overly censoring Joe Rogan. I am a fan of. Uh, the criticism he gets for his uh, lack of pushback on uh, vaccine misinformation. Uh, if we could find a, a happier medium. I know he's in hot water for some other stuff. I'm not going to get into that. But uh, needless to say, uh, I'm glad that there's some pressure coming on him. I hope it just doesn't go too far and completely shut him down. Because I, I feel like uh, the uh, negatives were outweigh the positives on that one in terms of the propaganda it will give the quote-unquote anti-free speech activists who are not honest actors. Anyway, I'm trying, trying not to get serious today. I always end up getting so serious. And today I'm trying not to be serious. And uh, it nearly happened there. I have to watch myself. You know? I need to change my... You know, on my TV here, I have it on like whatever. It's on like standby. So all these like images, the Chromecast images are popping up. They're not inspiring me. That's all I can say. Um, uh, my first gripe of the day. Uh, you know me, I love coffee shops. And if you're a regular coffee shop person like me, and uh, not only are you if you're a regular coffee shop person like me, but if you're a regular latte purchaser who accepts that it's an exceptionally overpriced drink, but you don't care because number one, you're not able to achieve that beautiful, frothy, silky texture that a good barista can achieve. So you, you sacrifice uh, your awareness or, or you, you live with the awareness that you're being ripped off for this uh, latte because you feel like the whole experience makes it worthwhile. Not just the beautiful flavor and the texture, but also the, the atmosphere of the coffee shop and the... Uh, you know, the <clears throat> the interaction that you have in the coffee shop. It's a social experience. And as we'll see later when we talk about Connor Pope's stuff, uh, this is uh, something that's less and less. You know, the, the, the human interaction has diminished. So I'll pay, uh, what's the word? Jeez, I'm, you know, morning coffee hasn't kicked in. I'll pay a premium on my, my beautiful latte uh, because it's not just... The item uh, that uh, is the product. It's the whole experience. Uh, so I know that I'm overpaying, but we accept that, right? Uh, however, I had a very interesting experience recently. And let me know if this has happened to anybody. Uh, 
Because there is a negative about some coffee shops, which is that they have like a, if they're too cool, you almost feel like you're, you're, you're not just paying for a latte, but you're also paying to be part of some exclusive club of people who are uh, better than you. And uh, you pay your little bit extra so that you can purchase 15 or 20 minutes of feeling part of uh, something. I, I, my regular coffee shop here in New York, which I love, and part of what I love is it's so ridiculously Lower East Side that uh, I feel offensively normal when I'm in there. Uh, and there's any, any number of unique individuals that come in. And I, I love all that. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is in praise of that. You know? But what I'm never in praise of is sometimes the attitude that comes with that. This sense of... <clears throat> Your normality is offensive to us. Now, of course, they're not offended by my normality, but I think you know what I mean. There's a vibe, too cool for school. Uh, but I, I, I love observing the too cool for school vibe. I've always enjoyed that. And I always, because you know why? Let me take a sip of water here. You know why I've always enjoyed looking at the too cool for school vibe? Because I wear my oddness on the inside. My funky clothes, my vintage sweater, my hat that doesn't match the rest of my clothes, my face makeup, my, my, my bell bottoms or whatever, whatever crazy thing somebody's wearing on the outside to express how unique they are. I wear that on the inside. If these motherfuckers could see what's going on in my brain and in my soul and in my heart, they would know. I'm the oddest of them all. Right? But I wear that on the inside. right? Because to be honest, most of the time I go to this coffee shop, I'm wearing the same sweatpants I've been wearing for five days. Yeah? And one of my five sweatshirts that I wear all the time, and I haven't brushed my hair, and I got a cow's lick or whatever, a cow lick, a cow lick, whatever the hell they call it, going the wrong way in the back of my head, and I don't care. Because right? I'm not trying to be cool at 8 a.m. I'm trying to get caffeinated and inspired. Right? So I'm wearing my oddness on the inside. I, and I'm, I'm trying to put my oddness down on the page, into this mic, onto the stage. You know? That's where my oddness is coming out. So, I don't need this shit. That's why I appreciate observing it. Because everyone expresses themselves in different ways. And I, I, I'm not being critical of people wearing their oddness on the outside. Sorry, oddness is the wrong word. Wearing their uniqueness on the outside. I'm not criticizing it because I love it. I love it just as much as the people behind the counter. But I can love it with a smile. And I can love it without an attitude. So, anyway, I think I've set the scene. Uh, but I have a gripe. And this is a gripe of economics. And I'm sure some of you have encountered this situation. Where coffee shops have their, uh, you know, their uh, loyalty cards. You know, with their little, little stamp. And um, some places are great because they, they've, they've put it onto like the Apple Pay so it just happens naturally. In fact, this morning in the other coffee shop that I go to, I got, a, I got an extra coffee redeemed, which is why I'm two flat whites in. You know, because I got, I, got, I got one for free, which is great. It's automatic. But that coffee shop's not as cool. You know? That coffee shop doesn't challenge my sense of, am I cool enough? It just has good coffee. And I, I want more than that. I want to be challenged about who I am when I go for my coffee. I want to ask myself, am I good enough? When I go for my coffee, 
Because I know that before I drink that coffee, I definitely feel I am not good enough. I haven't escaped my thoughts and anxieties from the morning wake up. I haven't gotten a hold of my fears yet. I haven't put them on the back burner to take on the day and distract myself from my own criticisms of myself. I haven't got to that place yet. So I want to get challenged because I know once that caffeine hits me, it's going to pass and everything's going to feel all right and we're going to be back in the game. So the other day in this coffee shop where I am like thousands of dollars deep in customer loyalty, I notice that they have a goddamn loyalty card. Now, this isn't the first time that I've encountered in my regular coffee shop a loyalty card system that I hadn't been aware of. And in my life, when I've encountered a loyalty card situation and a place where I've spent thousands of dollars, when I mention, oh, I didn't know you guys had a loyalty card, when they hand me the loyalty card, they automatically give me like six or seven stamps because they know, motherfucker, you, you should be 25 loyalty cards in minimum. You've, you've bought enough coffees for, for a free coffee every five days. So they don't insult me by handing me a loyalty card and giving me one stamp because they know bloody well that I'm decades of coffee into this card. So I mentioned it lightheartedly, even though, God, to these super cool hipster baristas, who I love, by the way, but I know that it's beneath them to uh, sort of feel aggrieved about not knowing about the loyalty card. And of course, we know that I would probably have a right to have been looked over, about annoyed about being looked over in that for the amount of times I've bought coffee there. You think one of them, you know, when they weren't busy changing the record on the turntables because they play records in there. They play vinyl. Right, so I understand every now and then you're distracted by choosing the next album to put on the turntable, or you're distracted by a, a conversation you're having with an ultra cool customer about how cool the sleeve art is on that record that you might have forgotten to suggest to one of your most loyal customers. Oh, you know, you come in here all the time. Did you know that we have a loyalty card in every 10th coffee? After every 10th coffee, you get one for free? You think they might have mentioned that, but they didn't. But I'm, I'm not even annoyed about that. And I think you already know at this stage what I'm annoyed about. When I pointed out, wow, I never knew you guys had a loyalty card for your most loyal customer. They were like, oh, do you want one? I was like, do I want one? I would have thought that you would have offered one a long time ago. So, of course, I fucking want one. And then... He, in this situation, and I assure you, every pronoun exists behind that counter, and I'm cool with that too. He puts the loyalty card down and gives me one box for that coffee, despite the fact that he himself has clearly made me, at minimum, 30 coffees. Minimum. One fucking stamp. Well, I tell you, 
The record scratched in my mind, metaphorically. I'll tell you that right now. Did I say anything? Of course not. Because I'm wearing my normalness on the outside. And that would be such a normal guy thing to do, to complain about the pettiness of one stamp. So I didn't. I got my coffee and uh, I sat down, judged them from a distance like I always do. And uh, I took that loyalty card and uh, I put it in my pocket and I've lost it since. So there you go. Shows how frugal I am. I, I, I took all that annoyance and I used it to no benefit at all. And to be honest with you, I've never been great. All this joking aside, I've never been great at being like, can you stamp that, please? Like, I, I you know, it's a, it's like a, it's like a resistance to uh, looking like I'm looking for a deal. I'm not, I'm not great at the stamping. I'm much better at the stamping when they say, hey, have you got your loyalty card to stamp? Then I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot. I wasn't thinking about getting a deal because I'm too cool for that. But now that you mention it, here's my loyalty card. But I hate being the guy that's like, uh, 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 you forgot to stamp my loyalty card. I'm not that guy. Okay? I wear my oddness on the inside. All right? My record player is in my colon. All right? So there you go. That was, uh, that was one thing on my mind. Um, the, the next thing on my mind is a bit more serious and <clears throat> Irish people, perhaps this will be a uh, less of a moment of identification and more of a moment of horror, uh, that I encountered about the American healthcare system. So a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned about my situation in the restaurant where we called an ambulance. But I, I, I alluded to the fact that this is actually the second time I called an ambulance in the last six months. Um, so, uh, very quickly, um, because this story isn't really about what happened, but very quickly, I was playing golf back in like, whatever, late September, I guess, and I got a pain in my chest, which, you know, it, honestly, it's not the first time I've had this pain in my chest, and it always goes away. Uh, I always ignore it. And, um, but this time the pain in my chest was a lot worse and it kept getting worse. So I was like, okay. So in my mind, I'm like, this is something that I've been ignoring now for a couple of years. And here comes the big one. So in my mind, you know, I'm doing all this crazy thinking and I'm like, this is, I've been having a series of small heart attacks over the last two years uh, and not doing anything about it, which is also not true. Cause I actually did go to the doctor about, um, pains in my chest after my uh i think my first no maybe it was my second jab of the vaccine uh and it turned out that i i just had very swollen lymph nodes after one of my vaccine doses uh you know uh, very swollen lymph nodes under my arm which led me to think that oh, oh maybe this is uh this is it so anyway this is another one of these chest pain situations where i'm like oh shit so i i go to a cvs i'm like in a panic I go to a CVS, and they're like, oh, we don't know what to do. So they say to go to, like, this urgent care place. But when I get to the urgent care place, it has all this fucking COVID protocol stuff on the door. Like, don't walk in. Make an appointment. Call this number, you know. 
I'm like, oh, fuck it. You know, this is too complicated. And, you know, had I actually just opened the door and been like, uh, I think I'm having a heart attack, they probably would have had somebody be like, you're not. But I panicked and I called 911. And honestly, the, the West Hampton police were there in like seconds, even before the ambulance. And uh, the guy from the police department was like, you're not having a heart attack, which is great. You didn't make a mistake calling, but this isn't a heart attack. You probably pulled a muscle in your chest playing golf or uh, could be indigestion, uh, which it was, by the way. There's no need to have any drama in this story. Needless to say, the ambulance came, and uh, the reason why I declined the ambulance two weeks ago in that story is because I, I, I didn't decline the ambulance uh, in this situation, which has led to the story that I'm about to tell you. Uh Anyway, the ambulance guy was like, you're not having a heart attack, did an EKG in the ambulance, brought me to Peconic Bay Medical Center in Riverhead, Long Island, and nobody was concerned about me because they all knew that I wasn't having a heart attack, but they went through all the checking protocols, which was great because I actually got a great sort of heart check, and everybody was happy with my health, and uh, I spent about maybe three, four hours in there, um, and uh, I got out. The You know, they, they ask for your insurance, all this stuff, and... Uh, so I gave my insurance, and then the bills started, right? So I get a bill for like 3200 bucks. Uh, I get another bill for like fifteen. I can't, I can't even remember, but I, I got numerous bills for thousands of dollars, equaling, you know, it's got to be about eight grand. So I see these bills, and... Uh, I, I'm trying to call them. It's like it's like difficult to get a hold of them, and uh, finally get a hold of them. And I'm like, uh, I get these are there's no insurance on this bill. I gave my insurance, so like, what's your insurance, right? So uh, I give my insurance, and then the bills run through the insurance, and uh, finally, uh, the uh, the bills get diminished to like a very reasonable amount. I, I think all in all, I ended up paying about 350 bucks for, uh, for everything. Now, it was three bills that I was dealing with. The, the emergency room doctor was 3,000 something. The radiology guy and the scans were, were, were something else. And uh, needless to say, I say to the woman, now I, I said, listen, I've been getting a lot of bills with different numbers on them. So what's the actual, like, have I paid everything? She was like, yes, you've paid everything, right? So I said, because I got another bill the other day. She's like, don't worry, everything's paid. Ignore all that. You're good, right? So I'm kind of delighted because I feel like my shitty Obamacare insurance has come through and that's the end of it. However, I keep getting a bill from Baconic Bay Medical Center, which is part of the Northwell Health uh, hospital system, Right? I keep getting this bill for $3,250, which I'm ignoring because the woman literally told me to ignore the bills that they're paid. And I'm just assuming that this is just some fucking, you know, admin nonsense. So, uh, you know, don't forget that I've I've fought down thousands of dollars worth of bills already. So now there's still this $3,250 bill. So last week... Uh, actually, not even last week. Yeah, no, yeah. Like last Friday, I get another bill, and it's like, this will be sent to a collector. So I'm like, what the fuck? I, 
So I call the number. No, I'm not even aware that I'm calling a different number because all these fucking bills are coming in and I'm not even paying attention to like the difference between Northwell Health and Peconic Bay Medical Center because to me they're all one because I know that Peconic Bay is part of Northwell Health, which is like a humongous hospital group here in the United States, which coincidentally enough, the CEO or the managing director is an Irish guy from Ireland. So uh, I call the number and I'm like, listen, I paid all these bills. Why am I still getting this bill? And she's like, well, we have no record of you paying this bill. And I was like, well, I, I literally called and had a full conversation. They didn't have my insurance. I gave my insurance. It went through the insurance. The bill came down and it was all dealt with. And she was like, oh no, that, that would have been for the emergency room doctor. That's all paid to Northwell Health. This is the facility fee from Peconic Bay Medical Center. I was like, oh, oh, so you're telling me that the emergency room doctor fee for 3000 something dollars is different to this emergency room fee for 3000 something dollars. I mean, it was literally like almost the same amount, which added to the confusion. Uh, and that I'm getting billed from two different places for this couple of hours in the emergency room for bills equaling 8000 something dollars for a few hours in the emergency room. She was like, well, yeah, this is the facility fee. So I was like, I didn't get angry, but I was like, you understand that this is extremely complicated, right? That a woman on the phone for the bills that I'm getting for my hospital trip tells me that I'm all paid up. And it turns out that somebody else is billing me from essentially what looks to me like the same situation, but now it's Peconic Bay Medical Center, which is part of Northwell Health, that this is a separate bill and that there's nothing to let me know that this is separate. Not to mention that this... Now I'm giving you my insurance. This is the third time I've given my insurance. I gave the insurance when I visited, right? Made it very clear. I gave my insurance when I thought I was dealing with the bills. And now I'm giving you my insurance. So I'm giving my insurance to a third different person. You guys are so desperate not to charge my insurance company. I said, you, you, this is pretty complicated, right? Because like, I'm a pretty on it guy. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not great with admin, but, you know, I'm like, I'm not an idiot. And... I don't know what would have said to me, would have spelt out clearly to me that this bill is from a different organization for a different thing. Like, and she was like, oh yeah, I understand that it's complicated. So, I mean, you know, what could I do? I gave my insurance. I said, just make sure this doesn't go to a collector because this needs to go to my insurance because I have not been ignoring this bill. I literally thought it was paid. Uh, and uh, she was like, I understand. But it's like, like it's, it's, it's unbelievable how bad it is here. Like, like, you know, I always knew it was bad here, but I didn't realize how like unorganized it was and chaotic it is and how they thrive on that chaos. And, you know, when very early on in my relationship with Hannah, she ended up having to get her appendix out. And at that time, she had the same insurance that I'm on now, which is Oscar Obamacare. You know, it goes through the, the marketplace, New York State of Health. Um, which, by the way, I pay a lot for. I'm actually, I'm not even going to lie to you. I pay $650 a month for this insurance. $650 a month because I, I'm not entitled to any subsidy for the Obamacare. It's just that they, they want you to buy through the marketplace even if you're not getting subsidized, right? So I'm paying $650 a month for this shitty insurance. No, actually, I shouldn't say shitty insurance. It's not bad. It's just like there's a lot of, lot of hoops you have to jump through for it to work. So, but at that time, Hannah had uh, Oscar, and uh, 
So she gets her appendix out and she gets the bill from this other hospital, which I'm not going to name. And uh, she has no, at that time, she had no idea to do what I'm doing now. And the only reason I know what I'm doing now is because this amazing nurse who's like, like an administrative nurse in the hospital told me that when you get the bill, you got to call and fight it. Only for she told me that, I wouldn't have even known that this is like what you have to do. I, you know, I would have just assumed, oh, because on my Oscar, it's like, uh, I have like a high deductible, you know, like I have a high amount of money that I'm liable for. And I'm only figuring this out myself because don't forget, I'm not, I haven't dealt with American health insurance until I was well into my forties. You know, this is all like new to me. Um, so when Hannah got the pill, which was high for her appendix, she just paid it. She never called. Like it, and that didn't go through insurance, but she had no idea that it didn't go through insurance because she didn't think to look at the bill and be like, oh shit, they, they never even contacted my insurance. So she just paid it. And now that money's gone. So can you imagine the amount of people that just pay shit? You know? So anyway, the, the, the claim hasn't come through my insurance yet. And you know, yesterday I was a bit distracted, so I haven't called. So I have to wait till Monday now to just fucking make sure that they're putting this claim through and not sending it to a collector, right? Which is, it's just not, it's like, it's infuriating. It's nuts, but it's, it's the system. That's what's so crazy. It's like this billion dollar healthcare system, right? Is running in a situation where multiple people are billing you and it's up to you to like chase them down. And you know, what's even crazier is it was like really hard to get a hold of anybody in Northwell Health. You know, it was like, leave a message, we'll call you back. It was like nothing direct. And that, that's what took me by surprise. When I called Peconic Bay Medical Center, it was like immediately like, hello, how can I help you? Which was the beginning of me being like, oh, they're much more organized now. Of course, I didn't realize I'm, I'm dealing with like an entirely different billing system. Like who, like you, you guys message me. Like, am I crazy? I, you know, am I the, the idiot here? Or is that not unbelievably confusing? It's it's I I I'm I'm pretty confident that it's unbelievably confusing. So when you hear people complain about the American healthcare system, and trust me, I'm okay. All right, this is like low level infuriating. It's certainly not life destroying, and obviously there are people that end up in life destroying situations. So I'm more than aware that this is this is a low level thing. But but the reality is that obviously a couple of weeks ago the paramedics told me I was fine, and because I was pretty you know, a little bit more informed about the heart attack situation. I, I, I knew that I was probably okay, so I didn't get in the ambulance. But the, re- the reality is that had I ended up paying $8,000 for my accidental trip to the fucking emergency room because I needed to fart because I had fucking gas, like, like an $8,000 fart because that first trip to the hospital was literally indigestion. You know, the, 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 the gassy pains passed within an hour and it was basically like belch or fart and get on with your life. But instead, I could have paid $8,000, the most expensive fart of all time, had I not, you know, made these calls. How many people have, have, have gotten fucked by that? Oh, sorry. The point I was going to make is if I had paid $8,000 for that fart, I'd be pretty resistant they're calling an ambulance and going to the hospital. So how many people die because they're just afraid of having their life destroyed by calling the hospital? Now, I know this. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I know the majority of you are Irish, so this is more like, a, like a, an interesting tale, but I, I think it's worth telling. And uh, I know the Irish healthcare system has a lot of complaints, but I've always been of the opinion that the problems of the Irish healthcare system, as annoying as they are, are better than the American situation, where if you're lucky, you get the best care in the world, and if you're unlucky, you could have your life destroyed. That's my personal opinion. And this is coming from somebody who has been looked after by the Irish healthcare system for a serious operation. Anyway, that's that. Um, the third thing I want to talk about is uh, Wordle. Is anyone playing Wordle? I'm not going to talk about it a lot. I know it's the, the hot thing du jour, Wordle. If you're not playing it, it's a great game. The New York Times has bought it, but it's a fun game. It's, it's a quick game. There's not a lot to it. It doesn't take up a lot of your day. But if you're into it, it's very exciting when you realize, oh, I haven't played today's Wordle. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun game. Uh, I know things get annoying when they become such a hot topic that you almost feel stupid for doing it, but you can get into it quietly and not tell anyone you play Wordle. And I'm not bringing up Wordle to talk about how great a game it is. I'm bringing up Wordle because, you know, last week I posted my video about how moist is the most horrible word to a lot of people, which I, I, I think I've talked about on this pod before, but I challenge it. I think it's sexism, actually. I think it's... Uh, I, 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 I think it's... Uh, I think there's an uncomfortability with uh, female arousal, which is what my bit is about. But I posted that the other day, and then coincidentally enough, three days ago, the wordle was moist. Now, I know that everyone's getting uncomfortable because I'm saying moist, but I don't care because I really challenge. Like, I, I, I challenge society to drop it being comfortable with saying that moist is a horrible word. It's just not. And we need to get more comfortable with it. It's not a horrible word, so much so that Wordle felt comfortable putting it in. You know, moist cupcakes, moist cookies, you know, uh, moist skin, moist, deal with it. Um, and I understand because I have the old, uh, as I always bring up, I have the old, uh, oh God, another word. I'm, 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 I'm getting old. I, I've got brain fog. I must have long COVID. Uh. I have the the sound thing, which we've talked about some misophonia. Jesus Christ, uh, you know. So I understand that certain things are misophonic, and maybe maybe moist has become like a misophonic word for a lot of people. But it's such a silly word for people to have a problem with. I just don't get it. Um, and as I've said in bits before, nobody has a problem with hoist or joist. And to be honest with you, I think I put hoist first. 
I, I, I thought they wouldn't have had the audacity to put moist. So I think joist or hoist was my first guess because I think I had the O-I-S-T in position, all green for the Wordle players. I, I, I definitely didn't put moist first. Even I am a victim of society's criticism of the word moist. But anyway, the wordle was moist, and, I, and I'm all for the normalization of moist. Uh-oh. I think I woke Hannah up. Did I wake you up, Hannah? I, I nearly put on the white noise so that you, you wouldn't listen to me, but um, anyway... I'm all for the normalization of the word moist, and uh, so well done for Wordle for taking the risk. Uh, I did enjoy posting. I didn't give a spoiler. I didn't tell people the answer, but some people did message me because I had put up this week's, uh, today's Wordle is controversial, and uh, a few people messaged me and said, I definitely got it at least a line earlier because of your hint. Uh, which, of course, had a little more context because literally only a couple of days before I had poisted, po- poised, I poisted, <laughs> I can't get, I got, my brain has gone moist. I poisted, I poisted my bit about moist on my Instagram, bit on my TikTok. And uh, so people, oy vey, uh, people noticed, uh, people read between the lines. Uh, Hannah read between the lines also. Hannah's awake now, but that won't last. Uh, at 8.30 a.m. when she's on California time. So uh, anyway, broad subjects we're dealing with today. Let's go to Carter Pope's article to to take us home here on this episode of uh, the Des Bishop Podcast. Um, I do sound quite congested. Uh, oh, Hannah's like properly away. I can't concentrate. What do, what's the matter? Oh, Hannah has a headache. She's pregnant. <laughs> so um, uh, let's let's look at Connor Pope's article. I'm going to ignore you now, babe. It's not it's not personal. We don't have to bring this up in therapy. Um, so uh, of course, I should have I should have saved Connor Pope's article. Did I? No, I didn't. Um. Because uh, I'm an idiot. Um, consumer, it's always in his consumer section. Pandemic perks, 13 ways life has changed for the better. From remote working and buying local to discovering Ireland and showing respect. Now, honestly, I'm not going to focus on uh, all of these things. But um, <clears throat> the number one thing that I thought was really cool is working from home is a thing that people always talk about as a positive of the pandemic, which of course it is. You know, for for people that haven't spent most of their days not having to leave the house like me, uh, that's it's been quite irrelevant. Uh, and it's always been like a little bit of an annoyance for me how, you know, people that were working from home and preferring it were always way more pro-lockdown than uh, people who needed uh, to make money with, uh, you know, crowded rooms. Uh, but anyway... What, what what I thought was pretty cool that he pointed out was the thing about remote working that people f- sort of forget to mention is that you can work from wherever. So you can like take cool trips while you're still working, which I really like that because I've always been a fan of uh, 
turning trips into work or certainly having work that gives me cool trips, which are also like fun and like a holiday. So that I would consider to be a, a career benefit of stand-up comedy. I mean, like the, the happy memories that I have in Australia. I mean, some of the happiest memories of my life are my Australia trips. I mean, just like, just like amazing uh, you know, t- fun that I had, but other comics, some beautiful places, the Great Ocean Road, going up to Keynes, going up to Port Douglas, uh, you know, uh, Byron Bay, uh, wet and wild, <laughs> in, on, on the Gold Coast, you know, going to water slides, like all these amazing things while I'm working, you know? So I, I'm, I'm cool with the, uh, the, the fact that more people can now do that because, uh, if you're working from home, like say say you're like a working parent, and uh, particularly like the kids are on, you know, the kids are on some sort of lockdown, but maybe there's a, a trip that you could take that you you could do that. I think that's great, you know, and 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 I think if you're if you're financially able, I think that's something that should really be explored. Uh, seeing the world, you know, when you're when you're allowed, uh, seeing the world without having to take time off work. And once that doesn't affect your productivity, fucking awesome. I think working from home, and I, I can't speak to this because I don't have children. And, uh, you know, Hannah and I are both away a lot. So I, I don't know about the stresses that working from home brings. So I could never speak with authority on that. I see other comics. I see guys like Jim Gaffigan, uh, you know, uh, people making like, you know, working from home, kids bothering you, working from home jokes. Uh, I'll leave that stuff to them, but you would have to say that working from uh, being able to travel while working is pretty fucking cool. And I hadn't thought about that until I saw the article uh, that 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 will be quite liberating for people. And I, and I'm down with that. You know, whether long term we find out if you know people are more productive when they can be in the office. Sometimes, like I, I, I'm, I'm happy that um, uh, you know. We will find a better work-life balance, perhaps, because of the pandemic. Obviously, on the flip side, you know, you're getting into this whole, like, right to right to turn off your emails. You know, this stuff of, like, that people are now actually working more secretly because they're always on. They're expected to answer emails late at night. Fine. I, 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 that These are great discussions for the future, but definitely uh, they need to be discussed with people who are haven't actually felt like they're always working 24-7 since the beginning of their career, happily so, because a self-employed entertainer slash creative person, uh, you never really feel like you're off, but yet I've always felt like I can just do whatever the hell I want while working, uh, since the majority of my life has been uh, with the uh, with the help of uh, some sort of mobile device. I mean, I've had a BlackBerry since whenever Blackberries came out. So I've been able to work remotely myself for a very long time and that traveling is part of my job. So I'm happy that other people can experience that and uh, you deal with the with the pros and cons. I mean, I me personally, because I'm like obsessive and get so into shit, I would think that there's definitely a fear of less productivity with remote work because when I get obsessed with something, I find it very hard to not do it all the time. And that sometimes can cause me to put things on the back burner. Like I get obsessed with golf or I get obsessed with tennis or I get obsessed with skiing. And then I sort of like pretend that I'm going to be as productive. But in the end, 
those things kind of take over and the remoteness of it gives me the freedom to do it more than I should. So uh, we'll see how this plays out long term. But that's just me personally. Uh, and, you know, because my job is mostly relates back to me, uh, I'm really only letting myself down if I let things slide for too long. Um, so it's not the same as like my team being like, what the fuck is going on? Why didn't you log on until 4 p.m.? And I'll be like, it's a powder day. <laughs> no emails on a powder day. So uh, anyway, um, the other one of the other things he points out is the end of money, which I have to say, I, I like because, you know, like basically you always have your wallet and your phone. And, you know, the end of money is, is a major bonus for me. But it wasn't the end of money that caught me by surprise. It was the the increased, like the rapid diminished use of ATMs. And I was like, wow, that's that's something that sort of you don't think about, you know? The, that, that this cultural institution of the ATM, the drink link, the cash point, that that whole phenomenon is is dying. You know, which is, is, is for me, you know, and this is real nostalgia for me because I feel like obviously the ATM has many uses, but drinking is the biggest ATM. Honestly, most of the time I use an ATM these days is like when I'm doing gigs in a casino. Like I very rarely use the ATM myself anyway. So I, I've been aware of the, the, the lack of ATMs and I've also been aware, like, you know, it's harder and harder to just find like an ATM in the wall. I mean, I'm sure you guys have noticed that, like, you know, like there's one on Capel Street in Dublin, but there's just less and less like ATMs and you kind of have to know where they are. Back in the day, there was just like, I need to go to an ATM. You were going to be, uh, you know, within, you know, a couple of hundred meters of an ATM. Whereas now it's like, you know, most likely you're going to go to a, an ATM like in a spa or a center or in the States in like a, a deli or a 7-Eleven or something, you know? The ATM isn't as ubiquitous as it used to be, and it's also, uh, you know, disappearing. But every now and then I need an ATM somewhere, it only takes cash. You know, somebody like a Chinese place, sometimes I only take cash, Chinese food place. So you have to hit an ATM. And I have to say, they feel dated, and they feel kind of dirty. And it already has started to feel like late payphone. Like, I, you know... Obviously, I used a lot of pay phones in my life and, uh, you know, pre, pre-card, you know, pre-phone like phone card times and like in boarding school, you know, pay phones didn't feel dirty to me. But towards the end, when it was very rare that I needed to use a pay phone, you know, they started to feel dirty. It was suddenly like they felt old, they weren't as maintained, and they just always seemed to have like shit on them. Or, you know, like some sort of like gook. Uh, you know, they always smelt like cigarettes and, you know, they just, they, it just began to feel like disgusting. And I, I think it was more because you started to notice because the lack of necessity of a payphone suddenly felt like, what the fuck am I doing in here? Uh, uh, so now, obviously, it's very rare to see a payphone. Every now and then you see one and it's like it's become a thing. It's almost like a tourist attraction. The payphone. I don't know what how many working payphones still exist. I, I I assume very few. I don't even know. Can you buy a calling card? Like what company would even give you a calling card? Like a telecom Aaron calling card? Like 
I, you know, I don't even think they exist. I, I, I don't even think about it. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of pods have talked about the demise of the payphone, but now the ATM is going that way. And it, it happens so fast. Like, you know, and I, I obviously I've seen many of them over my life, these things that are just so essential for your life and then suddenly they're gone. VCRs and VHS tapes and CDs. Uh, isn't it amazing how hard it is to throw out your CDs? Even though you know, you're like, I, there's nothing I could do with these fucking CDs. You know? I, I, I don't think CDs are going to become retro like vinyl. You know, vinyl just has a texture that makes it feel like it's worth saving. I just don't see CDs ever providing that. Um, you know, a CD player just doesn't look cool in your house. Like, vinyl looks cool. It's just a more aesthetically pleasing thing. I, I didn't mean to come back to sort of some sort of full circle on the, the ultra-cool coffee shop that plays vinyl records that I go to, but the, this just... My sense is that the CD will not survive, uh, that the majority of them probably are scratched anyway, and that the sort of plastic covers aren't as aesthetically pleasing as a vinyl sleeve... And there, there, there's, I, don't, I just don't feel that there's any great uh, market for CDs. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I, I threw out some CDs recently. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't even have like, like a slot to put them in. Uh, I don't need, you know, I remember there was a time when the iPod first came out. Big fucking clunky iPod. Cure, best thing ever, as far as I was concerned. And I was like putting all my CDs onto my computer and then putting the songs onto my iPod. And like, I owned all that music, you know? I owned it all. And then, you know, I would download from iTunes and I purchased a lot of music and now purchasing is dead. And all that happens, you know? And of course, there's winners and losers and we don't really care about the losers. Life goes on and obviously that's become into focus now with Spotify thing and whatever. I'm not getting into all that, but it's just, it just changes fast these days and these things just disappear from our lives. And that's going to happen with the ATM and the concept of money. Honestly, touching money, because I, I still deal with a bit of money. I get paid in cash, play the comedy seller. Uh, it's not dirty money though because you sign, you know, it's all, all on the books. But uh, it is cash, so I have had cash. But I find myself actually depositing cash, you know, because it's just like, what the fuck am I going to do with this money? You know, like, honestly, sometimes I feel guilty bringing out cash, unless it's like the acai bowl place I go to near me, the Chinese. The Chinese hate credit cards. Uh, but anyway, um, they're cash only, so I, I always have to have a bit of cash for them. And, uh, but more often than not, like if, if I'm paying with cash, I feel like, sorry about this. Sorry. I have to give you this, this germ laden dollar bill, but I got to do something with this money. You know, it's just sitting in my wallet, you know, getting more germs. Um, so, uh, anyway, you know, the, the, I, I really, I've I've noticed the death of money. I've been to places that don't accept cash. A lot of places during COVID didn't accept cash. Um, I I don't know why in Ireland the tap has a fifty euro limit. I think that's way too small. Connor Pope talks about that in his article uh, that uh, you know they they upped the 
the thing to 50 years. I think it should be 100 minimum, personally, because, you know, there's a, a lot of times, like, you know, if, if, if four people are going out for lunch and you're paying for lunch, it's like it's, it's going to be higher than 100. Like, just fucking raise it up. But money is dead and it's, it's kind of sad, you know? Like, every now and then, you know, over Christmas, I did a lot of gigs at the comedy cell. You, you end up with, like, like, a bit of cash. And I was, like, counting it out. And it just felt so retro, counting my money. It was just brought me back to the beginning of my career, you know, when I was, like, gig to gig and uh, counting out my money. Like Silas Marner, you know? And uh, I, I, I just, like, it just... I kind of used to love. I used to. I used to love trying to figure out how much money I had, and obviously, t- the way that that used to happen is over. And uh, and obviously, the other funny thing is that like everybody's got their bank on their phone, their apps on their phone. Like, I remember like not knowing how much was in my account, and like going to an ATM with the fear, and just being like, "Please, you know, this is the drinking days." Like. 94, just got to UCC, just fucking like broke, you know, card in the machine, fucking, you know, it used to be like the screen would come up, card in the machine, and then be like, do you, big decision, do I check my balance? Because in Ireland, you could only check your balance if you were at an ATM from your actual bank. So sometimes you couldn't even check the balance. You just had to put in 20 pounds. And fucking hope, you know. And then once, do you remember the the the, the fucking the sweet sound of the sweet sound of the money going, the 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 wheel turning like you're like fuck yes, thank you Lord, thank you God of money, thank you God of germ infested pre Euro Irish punt. Fucking send me Daniel O'Connell or whoever the fuck is fucking bonk nahern fucking guelga dirty money. Give it to me. The excitement. But then the horror of you have insufficient funds to complete this transaction. <gasps> what am I going to do? And back then you could go down to five. You can't even do five now. Back then you go down to five and then this fucking... <laughs> This measly fucking five. And fives fives were always the weakest. Five always got beat up the fastest, the smallest, this feeble, weak fiver would come out. Now, I have to say, 94, that, you know, you could drink Beamish, pound 50 a pint. You could get Beamish. I actually think in Cork... In 94, I think you could get a pint of Beamish for a pound 30. So you get three pints for a fiver. That would take the pain away. That would give you enough, you know? Fucking Beamish, you're literally drinking it right across the street from Beamish and Crawford. Yeah, you get a pint of Beamish for a pound 30, certainly a pound 50. You know, when I first moved to Ireland, a pint of Guinness was a pound 50. First Guinness I ever bought was a pound fifty. Christie's Pub and the Key in Wexford. Anyway, I won't get into that, but needless to say, the drama of the drink link is gone. The ATM is dead. 
never to be seen again. The wheel of money has turned away. Your passcode is irrelevant. The ATM swindle is gone. God, that's another nostalgia when suddenly the scammers had found a way to read your ATM and then suddenly it was like, cover your hand while you're putting in your number. Because these people had found out how to skim your number. Obviously, cybercrime has evolved greatly since then. The skim is over. Your money is no longer safe. Cash used to be the unsafe way to store money. Cash under your mattress. Somebody might break in, take your money. But now I don't know. I don't know what... You know, it's nothing safe. You know, this end of cash money. Is it the beginning of something new or the end of society as we know it? The skim is gone. But the skim, Jesus, when I think of it, the money that they could get from the skim, it's probably a lot better than fucking somebody taking your whole retirement. You know? It's probably a lot better than your Instagram direct message being like, oh, this, I, I found this in the gift shop for you. Uh-uh. Scam. Spam. Report it. So money is gone, man. Dirty, filthy money. Hiding my income from the tax man. No longer can be done. My money was hidden in my mattress. And the deception felt fun. This is the farmer's lament. My money is now being spent. But the government knows all about it. And I can't hide it anymore. Sorry, I'm trying to write some some ballad. The ballad of the tax evader. It's over. Very hard to evade tax these days. You know? Fucking Bitcoin, the Silk Road. Oh, Jesus. It's all changed. It's all so complicated. You know? Anyway, read the Connor Pope article. I think I'm done. I think I've run out of steam. My two flat whites have ended up... Have uh, they're, no, they're not motivating me anymore. And I think it's been a fun ep. I'll come back to the... The Connor Pope article. You guys can read about all his seeing Ireland and other great things that have happened because of the pandemic. 13 things that are great about the pandemic. Obviously, no commute. That's great. Um, oh, yeah, he did talk about alfresco dining, which is great. You know? Actually, let me give you the stats on this. I'll just read you this. Uh one of the last articles that appeared on the Price Watch page before the start of the public health crisis was a piece outlining how cash was on the way out, although not anytime soon, but it's been hastened by COVID. Um, Fintech revol- uh, upstarts Revolut and N26 won customers by the truckload. Yes, I have to say, Venmo also over here, Revolut, all that stuff is awesome. The number of ATM transactions fell by about 50%, while the number of contactless transactions soared. That will not be reversed, that's for sure. Um Sick days. Yeah, you know, oh, oh, actually, I'm going to read it. Um, sick days, you know, 
our, 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 our thing of the past, except that now people say, like, I'm taking a mental health day, you know, and I, like, I'm all for the mental health stuff, but, you know, sometimes I, you know, I just, I feel like the, the comfortability with somebody being like, I had, I, 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 it's a mental health situation. And then suddenly it's like, oh, oh, so now we all have to tiptoe around this mental health thing. It's like, yeah, okay, sometimes that's serious. But like back in the day, if you were sick, you had to get a letter from your doctor, right? So it's like, you're going to fucking flip a mental health on me. Uh, get a mental health professional to verify that, you know? And, and, and this is not being hard on people who have mental health issues. This is being hard on people who are manipulating a change in the way society deals with mental health and taking advantage of that for your own benefit. Because we know you're not fucking taking... You're, you're, you're doing something else. You're at the beach fucking dealing with your mental health. But that's, that's again, that's, uh, that's, that's the new thing. What does he say about baby Zoomers? Uh, oh, yeah, Zoomers. Uh, anyway, we love Zoom. I have to say, Zoom has been one of the great things of the pandemic. Oh, telehealth. I have to say, fucking telehealth, I am all for it. Uh, again, we all come cyclically around to health again, but love telehealth. Love uh, just getting on a, on a Zoom and uh, telling the doctor what's wrong. The doctor gives me a prescription. Boom. Love telehealth. All for telehealth. In fact, I need to change my Irish primary care person to somebody that does telehealth so that's it guys we're gonna go don't forget me and mama back this thursday heading to ireland on the 8th i arrive in the morning of the 9th looking forward to it to be honest um and uh, looking forward to getting back to a regular gigging in ireland um checking on my house where a famous bella from my you know my my period sex routine is really viral on uh facebook has nearly 9 million views uh, and it goes up by like 100,000 every three days. So it's still like working. It's magic. In fact, I didn't look at my Facebook for a lot of the pandemic. I just kind of ignored my Facebook. Uh, and eventually like my login wasn't working and I was just like, didn't care. Uh, but you know, you know, everything's getting back up. I was like, you know, I gotta, gotta check in on my Facebook. And like, I have a lot more people following me on my Facebook because it's period sex viral. Uh, but you know, I mentioned my niece, which is not, she's my cousin, Bella, uh, who's now in, she's 21 years old, and uh, she lives in my house in Dublin. So, can't wait to get back there and make sure it hasn't been destroyed, uh, and uh, get back to the Irish life. So, don't forget, me and mama, desbishop.net, forward slash tour dates, spread the word about the pod, uh, we'll get Steve back, uh, don't forget to message me anything you want to talk about um you know there's a there's a trans woman in sports controversy building up uh with this woman leah thomas and uh i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna try to get it i'm gonna get a trans person to discuss that with me uh because i you know um there's been a few isolated incidents of the controversy around trans women in sports and uh i want to have a, a a comprehensive uh conversation about that but i will not be having that one on my own. I'll be getting uh, a, a trans person to to join me to discuss uh, th- what I think is going to become a big talking point over time. Uh, a lot of people, it, it's it's tough to talk about right now because the uh, right wing people have really sort of adopted this as a kind of like an anti woke slash culture war topic. I want to have the discussion outside of this sort of adversarial uh, energy. 
So I'll find a good person to talk about with that, but I do think that's an interesting discussion um, that you know requires some nuance. Uh, so look forward to that coming up, and uh, let's uh, let's be open uh, in my DMs at this bishop on Instagram. Uh, be open to uh, sending me any topics that you want to discuss or any uh, agreements or disagreements you had with things we've talked about, and uh, we'll keep it going. So thanks, guys. We'll uh, see you next week. Um, Have a good week. Ireland, here I come. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 